Hello? Is it working? I think it is working. I think it's recording. Oh, yeah. So this would be around the time where I would say hello, hello, and welcome to Slow with the Wigglies. I am your host, Rachel Batson, and today I have a friend with me. Um, Can I say your name? Yeah. Her name's Brianna. Um, So, yeah, I invited you on to this call thing to do a podcast because I'm feeling emotional and I felt like it would be a good thing to record because like yesterday I was trying to record an episode and I tried like three separate times where I got like 20 minutes deep and I was like this is stupid I'm deleting it no one can follow this it doesn't make sense like so I felt like I needed an episode and now I'm in my feels so Let's talk about this. How are you doing? I'm good. How how are you doing? Besides being in your fields. I'm like, okay. So, like we've discussed, basically, I'm in that place in my spiritual journey where it's no longer all butterflies and rainbows. I actually have to do some work. And I'm not really sure how to do that work. Yeah. Um, I know we discussed it Hold and on, I shut it. Yeah, I'm on the phone. Okay. <laughs> 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 I like I thought you were talking to someone else, but I was like, oh, maybe she's just talking to me. So I didn't just want to like awkwardly stop until you <laughs> said, Hold on, Rachel. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. Um, Basically, I'm in the place where I need to do that work, but I don't really know where to start. And I'm nervous about doing it wrong because, like, I know shadow work is about kind of taking those rejected feelings and, like, evaluating your history, the things you've gone through, and I guess really just letting yourself feel those feelings Instead of, like, pushing them away and repressing them, I think the point is to, I guess, nurture that part of yourself that's hurting. Um, But I'm scared because I'm worried that, like, if I dive deep into these things in my history that, you know, I'm going to feel a lot of emotion. And, like, what if I just get, like, dragged into there? What if I can't, like, keep my cool? I'm worried that it's gonna I'm worried that I've already buried these problems or forgotten them or I'm ignoring them but when I bring them back up what if they don't go away Mm. I feel like that's when it's kind of like risk and reward you know you kind of have to risk it to see where it goes because I feel like even if you do it and you're like ah shit like I'm spiraling you can always like talk to people and like pull yourself out of it that's true that's very true um I think it's just because of my past um I haven't really told this story on here so I'm just gonna give a little like intro um basically when I was younger there was kind of a traumatic family incident with one of my siblings and um It was really scary, and it ended up taking the attention of my family away 
uh, or the attention of my parents away from the other siblings. Um, and so what I ended up doing is I kind of took on this persona of having depression and hurting myself before I even knew what any of that meant. I actually ended up just seeing this girl on social media who was hurting herself. And that's how I got the idea. It wasn't, you know, because Mm -hmm. I actually felt the urge to do it. But I saw that on that post, people were telling her to stay strong. And that's like what I needed to hear. So I took on that around the age of like 10, 11 years old. um, And I really kind of convinced myself into having those mental illnesses because I I ended up falling into a a depression and I ended up having a lot of suicidal thoughts I continued to hurt myself for years um and after I got out of that phase that little section of my life I realized that like I did all of that for attention like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like truly based on things I was going through, it was because I needed love and I needed attention. Um, And so I'm scared because it took me a bit to get out of that. Like it it was kind of like I was asleep and I woke up. I didn't really realize I was doing it. So now I worry whenever I have any sort of issue or emotional thing and I feel those feelings I worry that I'm like making myself feel them or that it's for attention or it's self-pity and it's scary because I don't want to give myself an excuse to go back to that like wallowing and self-pity version of me. Sorry, I just downloaded the app to make it easier instead of using the like web browser. You're fine. I wanna. I think I'm gonna check my Wi-Fi connection real quick, just to make sure it's all good. Okay. Okay. I'm connected to the right thing. We're back on air. Um, when exactly did it? Come? Remember if if I had finished talking or? Uh, last thing I heard was that you don't want to wait no you said that you didn't uh want to feel like you were giving yourself problems uh like something along those lines yeah and did you hear my story kind of about like when I was younger and everything yeah I heard the whole story it was like after the story it started cutting off gotcha yeah it was like I finished the story and then I was quiet for a bit because I was waiting on and then I didn't hear anything So I was just like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) then you weren't saying anything. And I was like, hello, are we having technical difficulties? (laughs) Um, But I think the recording took, um, it's saying it's still processing. So I didn't get to check how long it was. So I'm not sure how much of the story we got. But um, if needed, I'll just go back and like insert a little section where I explain whatever cut off in the story. Um, okay, but yeah, that that is what I'm worried about, and I do understand that like it's a risk and reward thing that, um, that I probably should risk it, you know, 
just to mm-hmm. see if it, if it could be helpful <laughs> but there's always that worry that's like what if it's not what if it sends me into a deep dark depression you know yeah um personally i think certain things kind of need you to be in a dark depression if that makes sense so you can figure it out and so you can like actually it's- feel it yeah that makes sense i guess it's just and this is scary for me to say um to be honest it's not something i want to admit mm-hmm. but i think recently i've been struggling with the idea of the future and i know that it's that i i should be staying present and and not be worrying about the future but it's just dawned on me that the my whole life has just been so eventful mm-hmm. i've gone through a lot of things and a lot of changes and a lot of ups and downs and it hasn't been such a smooth ride and and even though i'm much stronger now because of the things i've been through it's like Part of me is just like I want to break. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's scary for me to think about how a year from now I'm probably going to be very different. I'm probably going to go through things and change and I there's probably going to be a lot in the next year and that when I think about that I'm like well shoot I'm about to go through stuff and I'm going to be going through stuff my whole life and then then it gives me anxiety and and I I'm I'm happy and I'm not like suicidal or anything but the idea of having to go through more things in the future is like scary for me I kind of I kind of just want to click a pause button for a little like the same way with everything because it's definitely hard like when you didn't have like a easy childhood because neither I neither of us had like a good (laughs) yeah like like very stable childhood so it's like it's hard when you get to a point where you're like oh when is it gonna get better then you're like you realize that things don't necessarily get completely better but you learn how to deal with things so I feel like even if in the future like bad things start happening uh you have the tools to know how to deal with it so then you know you have the tools that you didn't have a year ago Mm -hmm. so when it when things do come up they're not going to be as bad as you think like as you as you're thinking because you're going to know how to handle it you know that you know you always have me if you (laughs) need someone to talk to or you know a house to go over you know, you have, like, other friends that you can lean on. And you also have, like, like a therapist you can call and, and like, really, really lean on. Yeah. So I feel like remembering that uh, you have things you can do to combat, like, the negative stuff that will come makes it a lot easier to deal with. But if you kind of see it as just, like, bad things are going to happen, like, everything is going to crush down on me, then it, it's going yeah. to. Yeah. But if you kind of see it as like, I can take this on and go forward in life, then it's 
you know, it's a cakewalk. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. not. it's going to be hard. You're going to have days where you where you don't want to do it anymore. But I feel like everyone does. And I feel like that's just a part of life. Yeah, that's that's very true. There is a lot I've learned from the other things I've been through. And it does feel really good. I'm not going to lie. Like, after you get through something and you look back and you're like, wow, I like I handled that Hell like yeah. a champ. I <laughs> did that. Um it's it's a good feeling and it you know you just you can tell you're feeling stronger um it's just when you're in the process of whatever that is that's harming you and making you stronger it kind of sucks and it it feels like a a battle and that's okay I do have friends I do have a support system and I know that like my perspective of of the future and of my reality is what is going to make it. So if I'm, you know, just thinking bad things are going to happen, well, I'm going to take everything as bad that does happen because that's where my mind already is. So it's definitely, a, um, I need to change my perspective on the future. It's just, I think it's just tough because I have anxiety about it and I could, yeah, I need to work on trying to like really believe that it'll be good. And I, I've been in that place before, too. Like, I know I've, I've been going through things and I've been feeling like this sucks, but this is so good for me. And I've had that mindset for a bit. And now it's kind of fading a little bit. I don't know if it's just like where I am in like my cycle of life, but um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I can be positive about so many things, but this one thing I'm just kind of scared to go into. Yeah, and I feel like that's also completely normal, to, especially when it comes to the future. I feel like uh, unless you're like a billionaire, then you're going to worry. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless you're in the, in the top 1%, you're going to fear what's going on. And uh, I always just like to think it's kind of like, um, you know, like when you're talking to a guy and you're like, oh, he hates me. Like I, I did too. Like what we were talking about last night, like, oh, I think I overshared like just that overwhelming like anxiety. But then when you talk to that person again, they're completely fine. And you realize that you just blew it all up. So it could be a situation like that where you're so worried. But then this year is going to be like the best. Yeah. Like you're going to experience so many amazing things. That's very true. And yeah (laughs) that's just like (laughs) I recognize that like we separate things into good and bad but really everything is kind of both and neither at the same time and life is going to fluctuate but there's always like in these um harmful or impactful events you always learn something and get stronger so it's essentially a a good thing and I think it's something I need to work on is just changing my my outlook and perspective because if I have a positive outlook and perspective of my future I'm going to have a positive experience when the future becomes Mm -hmm. the present essentially um question was there a time I know you mentioned that we both went through kind of tough childhoods was there a time when you like Mm -hmm. realized okay my life 
is not the same as like most kids. Oh, one hundred percent. Do you remember, like a from specific like a time? Very... Yeah, I um, I was very young. I was like, uh, like seven, not seven, like maybe like eight or nine years old, and I uh, went to a friend's house for a sleepover. And at this point, like, um, my parents weren't divorced yet, but they were, like, you know, uh, it wasn't a good relationship. Yeah. So um, when I went to my friend's house for a sleepover, her parents were, like, very lovey with each other and very lovey with her and, like, her friends. And, like, you know, there's, like, a big family mm-hmm. dinner and stuff like that. And that's when it kind of clicked in my head that not everyone's life is, like, mm-hmm. chaotic. Like, oh, some people do this stuff, and it's not just, like, when you go to your grandma's for for Christmas. (laughs) You know, so it kind of, like, that kind of got thrown in my face. And I think, because I also, like, did the the type of stuff you did, where it was, like, uh, self-harm and, like, suicidal thoughts at a very young age. Uh, Obviously, like, for a different reason. But, you know, it's still, like kind of clicked in my head that I am not living a normal mm-hmm. life or what it's like yeah I, I'll say it wasn't normal it wasn't like what it was supposed to be but then I it just kind of like as I got older the more I kind of just took it on the shoulder and was like you know it is what mm-hmm. it is interesting I don't know if there was like a specific time for me like at least not until I got older because I went through like weird things you know like my history is Mm -hmm. just kind of a weird past and you likely will not (laughs) meet anybody with (laughs) with the past that I have um so growing up when I was going through these things I didn't think they were actual issues it wasn't like I knew that they were different issues it was like I didn't think I was going through any actual trauma because it's not what you hear yeah. about. Like, when you watch movies and stuff, or you have friends, usually, like, common trauma is, like, loss of a family one, or, um, you know, your parents getting divorced, or um, even certain types of sexual assault are more common <laughs> than, like, <laughs> what I was going through when I was younger. So, I didn't think I was actually going through anything. And so I like I honestly envied some of my friends because I felt like I was struggling, but I didn't have any actual problems to cause my struggle. And so when I had friends that had those common reasons, I like honestly wish I had some sort of reason to to kind of blame what I was feeling and to, to explain what was going on. Um, and it wasn't until I was much older that it hit me that like, mm-hmm. oh, I was actually going through things. They just aren't the, the typical standard ones that are portrayed in media or that are more common. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure what age that was or, or when it really stuck with me. I think it was at some point in therapy and I was looking back on it and I was just uh, what's the right word 
is befuddled a word. <laughs> I felt befuddled about it. I think I'm looking for a word. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, it was just kind of like, wait, sh- I actually have been through stuff. And then it hit me that that what I went through was different than what everybody else was going through, but I was still going through stuff. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense that the episode I'm on, there's just nothing but technical difficulties. For some reason, <laughs> I feel like it fits. <laughs> That's great. If if we were in person, um, this would probably go a lot smoother, but it's fine because... I'm pretty sure the recording still, um, like, got everything, even when it kicked you out. So I'll probably just put in some edits being, like, with, like, elevator music or something. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> like in between those breaks, I guess. I'll figure out how to do it. I've been kind of lazy with my podcast because I feel like I want it to be very authentic so when I do have little mistakes and stuff I'm like whatever I'll just I'll keep it in there it's fine um but uh with this I'll probably like what it's kind of like a comedic effect to it yeah that's true I hope I hope people listen to my rambles and my mistakes and um my <laughs> struggling to use words I hope they laugh at it like that would make me so happy because I feel like when it when it happens like during the recording I notice it and I'm like oh my gosh everyone is gonna be so annoyed they're gonna think I'm so dumb like this that and the other but if yeah. people are just like laughing like it it makes me laugh so that'd be great it's like relatable you know because I feel yeah. like when you listen to a podcast and everything's good, you're kind of like, where's the, like, humanity to this? That's true. It's, like, it's less staged because you're, it's not like you're really performing for anyone or trying to to seem very professional. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just, like, two, like, young women, um with ADHD <laughs> just like <laughs> rambling back and forth and that's that's a vibe I relate to it mainly I, because I I'm it. in it but <laughs> I'm one Maybe of those women <laughs> yeah anyway so <laughs> basically what I was saying before I think I kind of just finished up when it kicked you out because I got your text, but I just kind of continued so that the recording would get it is um, basically there wasn't a specific moment where I realized like, oh, um, my childhood was different from other people, but it was kind of like I went through therapy and realized I did go through actual trauma, but my trauma was just different than other kids. And Mm -hmm that's kind of when it hit me that things were different. And also, also there were moments where I would try to talk to people about my trauma. Like I would try to uh, basically reach out to like strangers online or people I, I was going to school with. I would try to reach out to anyone who would listen to me because I was struggling with it. But when I would talk to people about it, 
they didn't understand. They didn't know what to say. It, it <laughs> I, there's this guy that I um had this huge crush on. Like I was I was in love with him. Um Ooh. from like the end of middle school to the beginning of high school. Like he he was that like first crush that you just like obsess over like all of yeah. my thoughts everything was about him I every time I saw a movie heard a love song I just thought of him like it was that kind of kind of <laughs> crush and um we talked all the time and he was a very kind loving supportive person in my life we would talk about emotions and stuff and and like he was very sweet and I opened up to him about one of the things that happened in my past that I'm probably not going to go into detail about um, just because it's, it's a personal thing but uh, I experienced um, a, like a sexual experience when I was very young for a while from the ages of like three to four and I was talking to him about it and he straight up just told me he didn't know what to say like he didn't understand yeah. it. He didn't. He couldn't even like imagine it. It didn't like compute to his brain. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in instances like that, I always felt like, oh, this person doesn't care, and that's why they're not like being there for me. But really, like, it's you know, unless you've yeah. gone through it, it's probably hard for you to say anything or understand what the person is going through, and. Unfortunately, I don't know anyone who's been through my exact situation or maybe something somewhat close, but I don't know. Those moments, I kind of realized it. Yeah, I I feel that because it definitely I was kind of the opposite when I was younger. Like I wouldn't reach out to anyone for Mm -hmm. help with things. I just kind of kept it to myself up until like. I was like 11 because then I got put into therapy. Um, but my like, uh, like all the trauma kind of showed through me being like very angry mm-hmm. at like everything. Like I would, you know, flip out at like the smallest inconvenience. I would just get like incredibly like pissed off at everyone. And then that's when it kind of like started dawning on like my parents and like my you know, just like my family that like, oh, something, you know, something's going on, which is like kind of weird when you think about it, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying my parents are the main issue, but they definitely didn't help, you know, like yeah. definitely contributed a lot to it. Mm-hmm. So my anger uh, towards the situations that I was put through at a young age and like towards all the stuff that I saw that I wasn't supposed to. Uh, just kind of got taken out on everyone but then you know yeah. obviously thankfully with therapy and everything I stopped but I felt the same way that like when I would talk to you know people about it in therapy I felt like am I making this up like is, like no one cares like why am I saying this you know so just mm-hmm. like the overwhelming thoughts of like maybe I'm just being dramatic you know maybe it's not as bad yeah. like maybe it could be worse but then I, as I got older, I realized that was bad. You know, like that was the worst. That was like, uh, you know, like a, a little girl at rock bottom at a young age, which is like very scary. Yeah. But, you know, when I, 
think about it now, I'm like, God damn, what a strong girl, you know, mm-hmm. to like go through so much and still be here, you know. Um, so I feel yeah. like when I think about my past, I kind of feel proud of myself for being able to go through so much and deal with so much at a young age to now be, you know, still alive and well. Yeah. I totally agree. That's how I feel about it, too. Like, it's just, I have, and I I don't mean this to be, like, rude or judgmental, but I've seen where things can lead to. I've seen where things can go um, in other people. Like, I've seen it where someone has gone through so much and they just really let it destroy them or they just, you know, couldn't couldn't do it so I've seen kind of where that road leads to and Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that I actually was able to learn from my experiences and go through that and end up okay you know what I mean like yeah like I don't mean anything bad on anyone who is really struggling or is really going through it but I am very thankful for myself that I was able to get through it um, and I'm still going through it, and it's pretty freaking sweet. I feel I do feel pretty proud of myself. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's interesting, like because I'm very protective over my parents, but at the same time, it's like I do recognize kind of their place in my childhood trauma, and and I can't blame them because they were doing the best they could, but. I think back to, like, what happened um, when I was younger, when I had, uh, I guess, there was a lot going on with one of my family members. They were in and out of the hospital for reasons I'm not going to share. Um, But I don't really remember, maybe it happened, but I don't remember my parents sitting me or my other siblings down and, like, explaining things like Uh it it felt like they were trying to protect us um but then it just kind of made us lost like we were like what's really going on you know um but uh I kind of always wish I was like that where I could repress feelings um I always wish that because growing up I felt my emotions so strongly and I I cared about talking to other people. I like, it was my only way of getting, I guess, the love and attention that I seeked out. So I kind of just went to whoever I could. And it ended up destroying a lot of relationships because people would get tired of me. They wouldn't want to hear about it anymore. Um, I got annoying. And then when I felt anybody pulling away, I would cling on to them more because I just, I didn't want to lose what love I had yeah and so I always wish I could repress things and now I'm at that stage (laughs) in life where I am repressing things and I am scared to open up and like love other people and feel feelings and now I'm bothered by that now I'm like dang I wish I could just you know feel things as freely as I did when I was a kid yeah it's definitely hard like um 
because kind of like I guess I'll give a little backstory of my childhood. I won't go into too much detail, but basically, uh, my mom had a lot of substance abuse issues. So from a kid, I was forced to be a mom to my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, like literally from like the day I was born, basically, I was kind of thrown into that world of, you know, yeah. having to be there for her. And she also had medical issues. So it was just like a lot. And I was like a caregiver to my mom. Uh, yeah, but just a mom to my mom. So that kind of caused me to to repress everything. So I was like, you know, in my head, I was like, this is my mother. I love her so much. And she's going through like, it's obvious to me she's going through something. So I shouldn't talk about what I'm feeling because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I got older, I started realizing the issues that that caused. Because now I, I don't know how to set boundaries with people. Uh, you know, now I can't really express the way I'm feeling the way I want to. Even though I know yeah, I know I'm very emotionally uh, intelligent. You know, I know I... I know what I'm feeling, but I won't tell you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that's something that I still struggle with. And I also realize it's something that causes me to be very angry with myself. Mm-hmm. It, it has ruined relationships for me. Like, people just want to, like, get in my brain, you know? Like, they want to know what's yeah. going on and why I won't talk to them, why I'm, I'm isolating myself. You know, and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll just say, like, simple things. Like, I'm okay. That's it. Like, I'm just fine. Yeah. But um, I think it, it definitely gets tricky when it comes to, like, very intimate relationships a, a partner. Because you need to, like, be able to open up and set boundaries and and know, you know, know the dynamic. But I forgot what I was saying. But I forgot where the, <laughs> I forgot where the point was. But I guess the point overall is just, like, both sides of, you know, oversharing and, like, uh, undersharing. Like, there, I feel like there's no middle ground to where you're, like, this is good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I once... That's true. Honestly, but when you think about it, it's, like, I don't think there is any over or undersharing. It's just sharing. And, like, it's kind of up to you how much you share. And if other people don't, like, appreciate how little or how much you're sharing, like, mm-hmm. then maybe maybe they shouldn't be in your life, you know? Um, oh, 100%. I totally get what you're saying, though. I know we've talked about this before, but I'm just remembering, like, the parallel because I had that experience, but not with my mother. It was with a different family member who... I was very close to um they were like my best friend they were a bit older than me and what ended up happening is though this family member sees things as like them raising me Mm -hmm. it was more like I had to raise them because this family member was going through so much I was always kind of the the person they went to I was always kind of the one picking up the pieces because this person felt so alone and it it has honestly just uh snowballed into a big thing where I'm still doing it now for a while I struggled with it because sort of like you said like I couldn't really put up boundaries there were situations where um 
I would get in arguments with this person and anytime I tried to defend myself or say anything like they would have something immediately to fight back or to invalidate my feelings yeah and so then if I didn't want to talk if I just said okay like I just need some space I'm done talking for now like they wouldn't let me go they would lock the doors to the car or they would follow me where I was going and Mm -hmm. it felt like when I tried to put up those boundaries it didn't matter and it didn't work and because of a lot of other experiences I had as a kid I really struggle with I guess seeing myself worth and putting up those boundaries because I've learned over lessons and lessons and lessons throughout life that I am only good for the pleasure I bring others. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's not true, but through experiences, it's like what I've learned. And now that's kind of the way my relationships go. I'm just kind of trying to be good to others and please others so I can feel, I guess, worthy of them. I can feel good enough. I, I, I don't know. It's like my outlook on life is just like I want to help people yeah. and do things for people. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, when am I going to help myself? Like, when, when am I actually going to see what I deserve and feel whole? And even though I could tell you right now that I think I am whole, I think I am beautiful and perfect in my own way and I love myself, I can tell you that. But then... I do things. My actions show that that's not what I truly believe. I Mm -hmm. don't put up boundaries or I let other people cross them or I do things I'm uncomfortable with. And I'm like, come on, Rachel, why (laughs) would you do that? Like if, if you truly loved yourself and felt whole, you wouldn't need to do all these things for other people that are harming you. Yeah. I definitely feel that because I've had a experience when I was younger uh with like you know an adult that was trusted not respecting my boundaries uh, Mm -hmm. to put it in like the lightest way possible um yeah so it definitely contributes a lot to not knowing when it's okay to put my foot down also you know with in my childhood when it came to like you know my parents and setting boundaries as a kid Uh, When I would try to, I would get yelled at or, like, hit, you know. So it kind of, like, that fear, even though I know I can set a boundary with someone and I'm not going to be screamed at, I'm not going to be, you know, hit or or neglected for a couple of days, I still, that tiny fear is in the back of my head, like, oh, no, something bad is going to happen. But I I feel like um, it also... I I agree it also does show up in my like relationships as well. Like I'll push myself as as far as I can uh to make someone else happy, but then I kind of that like realization sets in when you're doing it and it's kind of like shit, like I'm not happy right now. Like I don't want to do this. I feel uncomfortable. And then you kind of feel bad that you did that to yourself. But you also, Mm -hmm. it's like a weird high of being like, but I'm so happy that I'm helping. 
but it, yeah. it's kind of like a double-edged sword like you get happy because you're helping someone but it also hurts because you know deep down you don't want to do it yeah but you no, i totally totally get that yeah so it's weird because you kind of feel stuck in, in this like middle ground where you're like okay well uh, if i don't help i'll feel selfish but if i do help I'll feel slightly better, but I it's not actually what I want. So I, I feel yeah, like at, that? at this point in my life, it's kind of like uh, trying to find a good middle ground. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree that <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. I know for many like personal situations, I have like literally harmed myself (laughs) like like I've talked to you about this I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast but I have literally gotten drunk for the purpose that I could be comfortable enough to do things for other people Mm -hmm. um and it was just like because I was scared of like saying no and putting up that boundary and it's interesting to think of like history and how that's kind of how we've been trained a little bit, like, growing up. Like, you think about how parents parent you. They kind of teach you right and wrong. They discipline you or they reward you with, like, approval. And so you kind of learn not to act from yourself, but to act by these rules and laws that that are put in place. And so I think from from literally the day we were born, we were taught not really to be ourselves. We were taught to live by these certain morals or ethics. Um, And so it might be hard in general for a lot of people just to put up those boundaries because we've learned to seek approval from other people kind of as as a reward instead of acting from what we truly want. Yeah. And it it causes so many issues uh, that I guess like parents don't realize, like the the it's Im- true. the impact of it that that it's gonna have. So if you kind yeah. of feel like they leave it all to you. At least I feel like I don't want to speak on anyone else. I personally feel like uh, when you go through a traumatic childhood, uh, where it's like your parents that are causing the issues it kind of feels like as you get older that they're leaving uh, you to deal with everything on your own. Like... I feel that. Like, no matter how much... I totally much, feel that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like no matter how much they are, like, quote-unquote helping, you still have, feel like there's a wall between, like, you and your parents. And that wall is just, like, mm-hmm. the love and validation you needed as a kid that they now can't give you because you're not that kid anymore. Yeah. It's also like literally from, for most people from birth to like, you know, adulthood around the age of 18 or so, they are teaching you who to be. School is teaching you who to be. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is teaching you who to be. Like um, there's societal norms that we follow. There's, a strict curriculum that we all learn throughout school and there's similar parenting styles just kind of learning the rights and wrongs and so you go through life kind of being taught who to be 
And then the second you are like 18, 19, you start going to college or you move out or you've gained some sort of independence, then it's like, oh, who am I really? Like, <laughs> like who am I supposed to be? What What's going on? Because there's nothing else to really tell you you need to do this now you have the freedom to actually be yourself and you don't even know how to do that because you just spent the first 18 19 years of your life learning who to be from everybody else Mm -hmm. and then i feel like some crazy stuff it is and i feel like uh my first like realization of like oh shit like what do i like who am i kind of Mm -hmm. kind of hit me in like once I started high school yeah because I was always like alone as like literally like still now like I still was always like uh, I'll see my parents occasionally but I for the most part I'm alone or I'm with my sisters so like a parental figure was never prominent in my life Mm -hmm. so I wasn't worried about like uh things being forced on me for what I should be doing or anything like that uh, unless it, yeah unless it comes from like you know having to take care of my mom or like figuring out you know stuff with her but still not having that parental guidance kind of s- left me with a big identity crisis mm-hmm. and then once I started dating it hit even harder because I was oh like, yeah what is my personality like who am I like uh, do I like this? Like, uh, do I want to date yeah. guys? Do I want to date girls? Like, uh, just kind of like stuck between, uh, not also like not being used to the love that comes from a relationship mm-hmm. was something I I struggled with a lot. I like couldn't handle it at first. I thought it was too much. Like having someone constantly be there for me, I thought it was like completely overwhelming and like. I didn't want it and it, I was it was scary. But as I got older now I'm like where is that? I want that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. See, my experience is kind of the opposite um where it wasn't that I didn't have enough. Well, okay, I didn't have enough like I guess love and attention that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um however, when it came to parental guidance and like teaching and stuff, I feel like I kind of had too much of it. Whereas it seems like you're saying that you didn't have enough parental guidance growing up. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So for me, it was actually, sorry, I'm trying to find my extension cord so I can plug in my phone. <laughs> you're good. So it doesn't die. Um, just ignore these um, sound effects of me trying to get my extension cord. <laughs> it's all just um, microphone magic? Question mark. It's all uh, special effects. Yeah, it's special effects. These aren't real noises. Anyway, because um, for me, I was raised Christian, mm-hmm. and like, like from the beginning, my <laughs> it's funny that I said that. Um, my parents taught us Christianity like it was fact. It took me so long to realize that there were other religions. Like when people would tell me they didn't believe in God or heaven, mm-hmm. it like boggled my mind because I was like, 
what do you mean? It's like, it's the truth. And I also went to private school. So basically for five days out of the week, I was going to a Christian school and then on the weekend I would be going to church. So this is six days out of the week, basically just being taught like God, Christianity and yeah. to live by these rules. And at the same time, it was like, so no sex before marriage. And also I could never date a woman. And there are all these rules and things that like, like my parents kind of used against us. And it, it was always kind of unfair. There was a bit of a double standard. Like my brothers could always do things that I couldn't do because like, I'm a woman. Um, but I had so much of that. And it wasn't until I started dating that I did start to question those things, like the things I'd learned, like even, you know, about drugs. Like my, mm -hmm. my parents kind of basically taught us that if we smoked weed, we would die, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when I got to high school and I started dating, I started uh, trying new things, thinking about things differently. And it hit me at some point. I was like, well shoot <laughs> who am I like what do I actually believe it's you know I I listened to a podcast um a couple weeks ago actually I forget who said this so I can't really give them credit but um they basically said that they grew up in this religion that just luckily happened to be the right one mm -hmm. and that's how everybody feels when they grow up uh, learning a religion as truth it's like you you just happen to be taught the correct one right yeah um and so that's probably what causes a lot of conflict between religious groups and being right and wrong is because you grow up with it and so you, you feel certain that this is the truth and then it hit me I was like I never got the chance to find what I truly believe and now I'm scared I'm going to go to hell if I look into any other religion oh, no. or belief. Yeah, like that was, I was scared to even learn about other religions because I was like, if I identify more with one of these or if I feel more connected to one of them, I'm going to hell. Like, that's basically what we were taught. Like, if, mm -hmm. if we abandon Christianity, like, you're going to hell. Sorry. Um so it was very scary growing up for me and it wasn't until I could I actually moved out and started like reading and looking into things that I was like everything is not as it seems yeah, no. <laughs> like all, all of this stuff has just been ingrained in me and none of it is actually myself <laughs> I, I kind of remember um like around the time in high school when you started to kind of try to find yourself more so you remember that I do remember because I because uh, I just remember like it was like to me it was very noticeable because I people watch a lot so I tend to pay mm -hmm. like very close attention to people's energy and everything and I kind of noticed the switch of uh when I first met you I was like oh this is Rachel Christian girl very nice good like good <laughs> parents like she's you know like like textbook christian girl <laughs> and yeah. then like not too that was me and then not too long after i was like hold on she is no longer 
this textbook Christian girl, she has this different energy to her where it seemed like you seemed more open. You seemed more, you know, I not in a rude way, but you to me, you seemed more caring towards people once you started to look outside of it. I feel like your heart got bigger instead of, you know, staying closed minded. It, it felt like you kind of opened up a lot more. So it kind of mm-hmm. it made me very happy because when I first met you, I honestly was like scared to talk to you because mm-hmm. I was like, she doesn't seem like the type of person that would be nice to me. And then, you know, once I started noticing the like changes, I was like, oh, she's this is a like a very nice person. And I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's because you start opening up more and uh, we start talking more at this point. So then I kind of like got to know you like on a personal level. So I thought yeah. I thought it was like the switch was very graceful in a way. Well, thank you. Um I I feel like it's funny. I didn't notice that. Um but do you think so I'm not going to use their name. What should I call them? Uh, hmm. Rihanna, tell me a random guy name. Uh Jackson jackson do you think the change happened with the presence of jackson in my life or beforehand because i do remember going to you before even considering dating jackson because i wanted to make sure that you didn't want to date him because i didn't (laughs) want to take him from you i remember that (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't want to give jackson the credit for it yeah. But I think he might have helped you a little bit kind of realize who you are. I'm not saying yeah. Jackson is a great person. If I see him, I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think uh, a positive that did come from that situation is you feeling more empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it did take no I I definitely agree like yes Jackson and my relationship was very toxic it was very unhealthy very co codependent Mm -hmm. um but at the same time like I feel like it took that uh struggle that toxicity to really open me up to other things um because there was just so much conflict that I, in a, in an attempt to resolve this conflict with this person, I started to try to open my mind to the things that we were fighting about. Things yeah. like smoking weed, for example, or like the typical lifestyle of, you know, graduating high school, going to college, having a career and retiring, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and things like religion, like this person was an atheist. Um, I think I think Jackson would consider himself agnostic now, maybe. Um, but it took like that conflict to really make me question my own beliefs. Um, so in a way, yes, I I actually am very grateful to this person because I would n- no no way I would be where I am today if I had never met this person, mm-hmm. despite all of the negativity and all of the hardship that came from that relationship, I learned so much. I really found myself and I experienced things 
I never would have considered experience, and you know what I mean. I do. You know what I'm talking oh, about. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, and yeah, my parents would kill me if uh, if they knew these things. These are these are things they they would have like a heart attack if they heard about these things. <laughs> but these things aren't bad. They're just bad to them. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've. I've had a wonderful experience with certain things and I've really, I've really blossomed in, <laughs> into a, a strong young woman. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I feel like um, a lot of people hate the things that they don't understand. So when it comes to you know the things that if you know you know if you were there for you were there for yeah um they probably didn't experience that you know they probably yeah it skipped over because they were probably also i don't know much but i'd assume your parents were also raised very christian my dad wasn't but my mom was my dad actually wasn't raised with a religion and he ended up joining a bible study with my mom's brother or actually I think they worked together on like a strawberry farm and then they like ended up going to this bible study together and so my dad I think in his like early 20s maybe ended up finding Christianity and then like my mom was raised Catholic so they really hit it off okay See, it's kind of funny because, you know, my parents are religious, but they didn't really raise us to be religious. Like when I was younger, I went mm-hmm. I went to church and I did like uh, like Bible studies and like church summer camps and trips and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then as I got older, it just stopped. So then I just stopped thinking about it. Also, like um, in my family it's kind of like a unspoken rule that you never speak about religion. Okay. So like, cause I, I was grown up with like, there was three things that my parents like always told me that I could never speak about to anyone. And it was religion, sex, and how much money I make. So like still to this day, I'm pretty sure we've talked about all three. So Sorry to your parents. (laughs) As I got older, I was like, well, this makes no sense because these are things I want to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. So like, but as a kid, I, you know, I learned about all different types of religions because, you know, through school and just through like just curiosity, uh, I would just research like, oh, what's it like to be a Buddhist or what's it, you know, what are other people experiencing that I'm not? Because I kind of felt at a certain point, because I had friends that were like really religious, I felt like I was missing out on something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you know, all these, all my friends are like praying and like, you know, saying that like God is with them, but I, I don't do that. I don't feel like he's with me. So like, how, yeah. how do I get that companion? But then the more I looked into it, I was like, this isn't for me. Maybe I, you know, I'm fine without. But then that kind of led me to be very spiritual and, you know, believe that there's multiple gods, you know, that are always with you and that you have a spirit guide. And I feel like that's that kind of universe to me 
is more caring than being like oh this mm-hmm. set rules for everything but kind of being like yeah like I am the universe you know I am allowed to feel how I feel and talk about what I want mm-hmm. and do what I want it's like free will is is very nice yeah and I, I think like when it comes down to it a lot of like religious texts actually teach about that it's just the interpretation that is so foggy because um like christians will teach like these rules of right and wrong and there's a lot of control and judgment that goes into it but when you really look at it um like the bible and the text like like i learned god as like this separate person or or deity that's just like you know in the sky like watching over everything Mm -hmm. judging everything like right and wrong like that's that's what i learned god was but in the bible like they say that god is in you that god is with you and it's like you can take that as like the holy spirit but like you're still separate or you can decide like I have God in me. I am part of God. And the universe is God. And I'm part of this universe. And I am this universe. And I am everybody else. Like, yeah, like, you can take it that way. But we're we're just taught it all differently. Um, My family was like, the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I remember one time before I had even like ever had sex, my grandmother came up to me and my friend Amira we were at the beach she randomly came up to us and she was like she was just saying like never take plan b that's an abortion pill like she was just like intruding her beliefs on us before we had ever even like done anything um (laughs) and so it was a very open thing like it was just kind of expected to expected of you to be a Christian and to have these beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's whack. I would I I talked to my mom. I got like the birds mm-hmm. and the bees talk from my mom when I was like how old was I? I had to be like 10. And it stuck with me to this day uh, because what she said I think it's probably like the best way for a parent to to tell a kid about it uh because she didn't explain it mm-hmm. fully like she told me like oh you know it's it's when and she never specifically said like a guy mm-hmm. like it's going to be a guy she always would say to me like you're going to find someone you really love and then you two are going to have an intimate moment and then she said and you you're going to either really like it or you're not gonna like it at all <laughs> and then uh she what sticks out the most is at the end she said just one thing to remember is force she said if it's with a guy force him to use a condom that's good that's smart and i was and i was like all right and she and she was like made made sure to tell me like if you know my intimate moment is happening uh, and I feel uncomfortable to stop and to never let someone uh, use me for for mm-hmm. their own gain. And that always stuck with me. And uh, thinking back on it, I think back to like my childhood when, you know, I was used that way by someone. It's like, 
that that kind of like talk and that kind of enforcement I feel like should be done at, at a good age so that when things that are happening uh, that, you know, parents don't know about, uh, the kid can feel comfortable going up to their parent and saying, hey, you know, this person did this to me and it was against mm-hmm. my will. And I feel like teaching like your kid free will at a young age is like the best thing to do. And it's something I wish that really would have been taught to me as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, instead of like religious things. Yeah, that that's definitely something like, yeah, as, as a kid, we're learning a lot of right and wrong. And then it makes us afraid to really come out of our shell and tell your your family or somebody else what's going on um but my birds and the bees talk okay dude i wish i had yours (laughs) so what happened with mine my parents did this thing it was like a coming of age thing um with all of our with all my siblings i have three older siblings um so my dad would take the boys my mom would take the girls and basically each time one of us got to this year like like, it was a, a separate thing for each individual mm-hmm. person. So I think it was around, like, second, no, third, fourth grade-ish. Um, we would go on a trip. So my dad took one of my brothers to, I want to say, Virginia, and the other to some other place. And I've, I, think, I think my mom took my sister to New Hampshire or something like that. Um, but we got to go on a little vacation for a couple nights um and this was where we were mm-hmm. gonna have the talk so i ended up going oh. um i think to virginia is that where bush gardens is i think it's in uh, virginia. Yes. Um, i believe so but uh so we went we went there we stayed at a hotel we also went to this like really nice movie theater where they like gave you meals like you had a reclining chair and a whole table you got like real food there it was a and we went to bush gardens we went on roller coasters and stuff had a good time and um my mom had this little book like this christian uh <laughs> sex talk book um and it was all about waiting till marriage it was not about protection it, it was not about like oh, no. like anything like that it was like when you get married, this will happen, and God will give you a little baby in your tummy. Like, it was that story. Uh, my mom put oh, a no. banana inside a bagel and was like, yep, this is how they do it. Um, <laughs> and then she gave me my purity <laughs> ring um, <laughs> that says something like, oh, I will wait for the man I love or something like that. Um <laughs> basically so i would have this ring until i got married and was deflowered um obviously that didn't that didn't take that did not um but i did i ended up giving it to jackson for a bit because you know that's who who we deflowered each other jackson and i um Mm -hmm. and i really did love him And so I gave it to him for a bit, but since I've, you know, four years later, realized, like, the toxicity Mm -hmm. of that relationship, um, I asked for it back, and now I have it in a little drawer, but 
that that was my my birds and the bees talk it was not about <laughs> coming to your parents if you need protection or to be open it was like no sex until marriage or you're going to hell and if you get pregnant you can't oh, have an no. abortion sucks for you abortion is murder that's what i learned my guy oh yeah yeah my my mom had her issues, but she uh, definitely uh, knew how to do certain things because she had a, a lot of kids. So mm-hmm. a lot of things that she told me when I was younger were actually like very helpful. Yeah, You know, stuff with like, especially when it comes to like intimacy and, you know, she, I was never told like, oh, no sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. I was always like by her, I was always told stuff like I like she would tell me like I can't expect you to not do this because when I was your age I yeah. did that and she was the same way when it came to like drugs and stuff she was like I can't expect you to never do this but I can ask that you don't <laughs> but sorry <laughs> yeah she was, it was like it's <laughs> I'm laughing about something else it's just kind of like <laughs> it's just kind of like uh mm-hmm. my mom's very liberal so you know everything from like you know gay marriage to to like the free will over my body was always very instilled yeah. in me I, like I was never like when I came out to my mom uh it was probably like it was still scary it was like even though I, I knew she wouldn't be you know judgmental or anything I was worried because it's still something like tough but when I came out to her she was very nice and she told me that uh she could tell that I was gonna be the the gay the daughter. gay daughter I love it yeah she was, she was like I could tell you're gonna be the gay one so it's fine and then she talks to me about how she thinks she's bisexual and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I think uh there's some perks on my mom being more like a yeah. friend than like a, a mother and that's definitely like openness that I can have yeah. with her my mom has uh, has turned into that a little bit more for me since I've gotten older. Um, I can't talk about, you know, everything, but I, I have been working on being more mm-hmm. open with them. Um, but it's funny. So the reason I laughed when you were talking about how your mom said, like, she can't expect you not to do these things because she did these things. Um, but she's, like, asking mm-hmm. you not to or to be safe about it if you do. My parents, first yeah. off, both of my parents um, did certain things. I don't want to expose them if they ever listen to this. I don't want them to yell at me. But um, <laughs> they did things before marriage, things that they teach me not to mm-hmm. do before marriage if you catch my drift. Um Oh, I kept yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was, like, with each other. I'm pretty sure they did it with other people before meeting each other. And my dad's mm-hmm. excuse, when I've talked to him about this stuff, about, like, me doing that or me trying out these things, my dad said, well, you don't have an excuse because when I was your age, I wasn't a Christian yet. So, because my dad didn't believe in God, he wow. gets a little freebie pass for doing these things. Oh my God. But because I've been raised with Christianity, I have to be this perfect little angel saint. Like, 
Oh, Lordy. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> like, he has straight up told me that so many times. That, that it's because he, he didn't know God at that time. But I know God, so I know how to live now. Um, but uh, I found my way. Um, I'm thinking, so this has already been going for, like, 50 minutes. And the other ones are a little bit um longer so this will probably be about an hour long podcast so i think we should probably finish up if you're okay with that um yeah was there anything else you wanted to say any key points or messages you got from our discussion anything you want anyone who's listening to know um i'd say the main thing that is reinforced in my brain is that if I ever have a kid uh teach him free will before I teach him religion <laughs> that's that's about yeah it. I I agree with that I think kids should learn to find themselves and find what they believe instead of being taught everyone else's beliefs um and I think today we have learned that life is very fluid there are a lot of ups and downs and it's just a part of like floating in that river just going through the waves just being a part of it Mm -hmm. um and accepting where you are stop fighting the waves guys stop fighting them just flow you'll be safe nothing can happen to you if you are if you are accepting what you are going through and coming to terms with it and if you are being loving towards others, you will not get hurt. I'm telling you. 100%. Just ride the waves, my guys. Um. <laughs> and if you do get hurt, um, smoke, smoke some weed. Smoke some weed. You'll be all right. And you know, it's perfect because the show is literally called Slow with the Wigglies. And that's what life is all about. You're just going slow with the Wigglies, my guys. Um, Mm -hmm. that being said, I guess it is time to sign off. Brianna, thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. I hope uh, people listen to it and enjoy it. It's been great talking to you. Um, I definitely feel a lot better than I was feeling before the podcast. So thank you so much for that. Hell yeah. Already, and to everybody else listening, thank you for going slow with the Wigglies with me, your host, Rachel Batson, and co-host, Brianna. Um, I'll talk to you guys later.